Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the New Look Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. You may know me from the Chief Concerns podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My older brother, Tasia Dash. The reason why I'm a Sixers fan is because of this guy. Um, he's also part of the Titans of Pluto comedy group. You can find that on YouTube. Um, and of course, there would be no Believe in 76ers podcast without the man, the myth, the legend, Eric Snow. Um, seven years, Sixers point guard. Was it seven years you were there? I'm counting seven. It was six plus, but I'm counting seven. <laughs> <laughs> you got to round up on those, huh? <laughs> uh eric i'm just gonna say this i know we talked yesterday a little bit but um for me and i'm for sure, sure for tasia it's a it's an honor to be able to, to co-host this show with you um i only remember this the, the first sixers i remember was the the sixers that were led by eric snow as the point guard so it's all awesome to host with you i was definitely you know thank you it's a pleasure to work with you all i'm excited to you know, speak about basketball and definitely speak about Sixers basketball. You know, I'm growing up, obviously I'm from Ohio and um, the Cavs was uh, one of my favorite teams, but my favorite, favorite team was actually the 76ers. So I was fortunate enough to play for two teams that I enjoyed and I followed the most um, growing up and primarily because of Dr. J. So I was a Sixers fan for, for quite a long time, even before I played. Interesting. And you were and you were lucky enough to play for both your favorite teams, Sixers and yeah. the Cavs. That's both awesome. Yeah, yeah, both favorite teams. Made championship runs with both of them, right? Yeah, we went to the finals. With, you know, I went to the finals with all the teams I played for. I just came That's up awesome, second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We lost to some guy named Michael Jordan and Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant and Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. But you know, second place is not too bad. You just want to win it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not many people could say a two-time Eastern Conference champions, dude. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it feels good to at least be a, a conference champions. But, you know, you know what we all want. That's yeah. why we want this, this year's team to go ahead and get it done. Exactly. That's exactly. right, man. And that actually leads us to – that's a great segue, beautiful segue to our first uh, segment. Uh, Eric knows how it is. He worked in TV for a little bit, so he knows about the segues. Um, but, yeah, after nearly a year of Simmons feuding with the whole city of Philadelphia – We'll finally get to see him return to the city. Um, so the first question of the night, um, what is the headline for tonight? Is it Harden against his former team, or is it Simmons facing the city of Philadelphia for the first time in nearly a year? I mean, we it, it's got to be, you know, being coming back to um, Philly because I think his was 
from the summer all the way until up until right now. Um, even though he's not playing, and that kind of leans more on James, but I think as far as Harden versus the Brooklyn Nets, that'll be more about the game, the game itself and, and how the game turns out. But I think, you know, with Ben, it's more than basketball. It's, you know, it's the trade requests, it's the not playing, um, the city being disappointed, him being disappointed with the team. So I think, you know, all of those emotions comes into play. And you got all of people excited and people ready to taunt and boo. And he's not even playing. <laughs> so that tells you that how big it is right now. That's great. I mean, Eric, have you ever seen, and Marcus too, but have you ever seen people lining up to almost watch someone who's not even playing? It's almost like the main attraction is someone who's sitting on the bench the entire time. And that just seems, that seems crazy to me. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 one in one hand is shouldn't really came down to this, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But um, he he's moved on. I think that you know now you you have people that were disappointed with the way things were going while he was still here. Now they get to relent. So I think it's the the more times that he comes, um, you know, he come to Philly. I think the less. You know, he'll he'll hear the bulls. I think eventually it'll, it'll, it'll go away, but I don't think it'll ever go away where it's totally gone. But it will gradually decrease. But, you know, folks have been you – know, people out there that's been waiting for this day. And I think it'll be two elements. It'll be an element for him coming back, and it'll be an element when the first time he actually plays in Philly. Yeah, man, they're waiting to unleash. It's, it's, it's crazy to see that because it's like – I, I wish the storylines were about just the, the game itself, but it's just crazy to see someone that is not even playing um, take over. And I, I totally agree with you. I think that it will get better with the time. I think that's probably why him and his people are like, you need to go there and just sit. Because I agree. I, I agree that even when they knew he wasn't playing, I mean, people had this game marked. Like, that's the first thing they – when the trade went down, that was the first thing they looked at is yep. when, when does he come to Philly? And, and you got to think that they like, man, go and kind of get some of that out the way. Even though you're not playing, they still going to be on it. But by the time you play, you one, you would have kind of felt some of it and kind of moved on. And then, two, you get some people like, man, I'm not going to sit up here and keep – I'm going to go support the Sixers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay off him. And then it'll be – then I think it'll be more situational. Mm -hmm. um, as a play or he doesn't play well um, – you know, pretty much that's how it's going to be. But if he goes and he performs, then, you know, people are not going to keep going if he's kicking our that's tail. That's <laughs> It'll become more about uh, rooting the Sixers to beat the Nets, whereas right now I think it's just about beating down Ben um, yes. as much as possible. And uh, it's 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 crazy because, yeah, I think he's just trying to kind of um, almost like a rehab process, right? Like, first you have to sit there and take it. Although, I mean, you obviously can tell better than me or Marcus, I mean – if you're sitting on the bench the whole time, you don't have the luxury of getting you don't yeah, you don't have the luxury of getting in the game and kind of getting that out of your head and just concentrating on your play. You're sitting there getting roasted for like three plus hours, right? I mean, it, it really depends on kind of who you are and who you 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 know as a person and whether you engage in it. Because to a certain extent, like they can say whatever they want to say, but they're not gonna do anything. Um, you know, security aren't gonna let them do anything. Um, so so people aren't going to most of the people that, that are going to taunt aren't going to physically do anything to them. That, no. That's not where it's going. Um, so you just, 
I mean, you know, it's coming. It's just certain things that you probably don't want to hear that that could trigger you. You know, most guys in the league can, are used to hearing certain things, but some things will trigger you, and some things may need to be addressed. So hopefully it doesn't come to that point, but yeah. it, it's going to be constant. I mean, even if, you know, and I don't, you know, even big lead or not, close game, it, it's it's going to be constant. So he's going to hear it. And he's prepping for it. I think he's he's prepared for it. And like you said, I believe I firmly believe that's why he came to kind of smooth in some of that blow for the next time he actually comes. Because we can yeah, easily way, yeah. first, we can easily see them in the playoffs. Yeah, in the first round. Yeah, and that's four games at, at Philly that he yeah. have to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's crazy that even I saw that quote from Niang saying, um, you know, I think it's true. They saying he's he's Simmons is top of his shit talking list. And that's someone that wasn't even like they didn't even play. They only saw yeah. each other in that practice with yeah. a cell phone in his pocket thing. Like that's crazy. Yeah, but, the but whole I think city feels the, it. You some know? of it was it's the city, but I think some of you you have some players, especially the players that wasn't necessarily there the whole time. They never really had a chance to build a bond or a friendship or a connection. So True. to them, he's just the guy that just never showed up. Or when mm-hmm. he was there, he wasn't engaged. So it was no previous relationship. So that's all he knows. Yeah, Whereas that's true. Been with him before, they have a relationship. They kind of can hear him out and understand where he's coming from. They just know that professionally they got a job to do. So I think it's different if you know based on who you speak to on the team and on the roster. Yeah. And, and yeah. today we saw that uh, Danny Green had uh, on, on, on someone's podcast, he essentially said that, Simmons changed all of his numbers without telling. He, he changed his phone numbers and didn't tell any of the players on the team, and they didn't talk to him for the first time until he came back to the facility for that for that practice where he had the phone in his pocket. And so, I mean, it, it's kind of it's just a weird vibe between between the, the the guys. Do you think there will be handshaking tonight with the Simmons and the other and the players on the team? I, I, th- I don't think is. I don't think from a standpoint, most guys when when they have disagreements with the team, for the most part, guys can figure it all out and kind of let that be separate. Um, it really depends on the relationships with, with that he has with the individual players, because was it, was his relationship just strained with the team or was it strained with teammates? Also, that's what we don't know. It's so many, it's so many things we feel like we do know and we've heard, but it's a lot of unknowns. You know, what, what is the relationship player by player that he had with, you know, Danny Green and, you know, and Tobias and all these other guys that were there for with him the last few years. So what is his relationship with those guys? And um, how often did he speak to them? Did he cut them off? Did he stop speaking to them? Would he not respond or vice versa? That that can change a relationship if those things happen. So, but we, we really don't know. Um, but, you know, I think for the most part, I believe if, if he's willing to engage with those guys, I, I don't see them refusing, for the most part, refusing to do so. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's just whether he's going to be willing to engage, meaning come out on the court uh, and, and see players, or go down the hallway, and you know it's different, man. You know, if you're going to go down the hallway and you're going to see people, he is he going to just show up, sit down, and get out? Like you don't know. So you, it, it really depends on. What he's what he's willing to do once he hits the arena. Yeah, once he's in there, man, he's locked in. Though <laughs> that's for sure, man. Uh, and there, there, there was one thing that um, at the last press conference after our game, um, one of the reporters asked Doc if there was going to be a tribute video um, 
do you think there will be a tribute tribute video tonight or what do you think about that? I mean, I think Ben's done enough, you know, in the future to, to have a tribute video, but I mean, I just don't understand where all these, like, what's the, like, what, what's the, what do you have to do to get a tribute video? Like, what, what is it? You're an all-star. Like, I'm just trying to figure out who, who do you just, who decides who gets a tribute video? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, guess. is it like you play 10 years? Like, what is it? Like, I'm just confused on what, what's, Parameters. The criteria, what's the criteria for getting a tribute video? Like, everybody to get traded? Like, we going to give Steph Curry one? <laughs> I mean, like, what, what, so what's the difference? Because Ben was an all-star? Yeah. I mean, he... I mean, Leaving on good got, terms should ben be Simmons one of those criteria. Still, ben Simmons is still going to play the majority of his career away from Philly. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll play 10 plus years out of Philly, which which means the majority of his career is not going to be played in Philly. Mm -hmm. So we give guys criteria, you know, videos for playing four or five years in Philly. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of fake too because it's not it's not going to be a genuine. But I just don't. I mean, you, I, I think being from a from a, what he's accomplished, it should be sort of like you know welcome back. But where it's at right now, I just think that draws attention to it because I don't think it'll be well received, which makes yeah. it work. I just think if you the more attention you draw to it, I think like they put a video up, they will boo worse than they were booing for the for the whole night. Now, yeah. is that right? Maybe not. But you have a guy that had a disagreement with the team, decided to stay away. Then you give him a tribute video? Like, um, I just think it's just stay away from it. He moved on, you move on. Leave it at that. Maybe down the road, maybe that's something you can do. But not right now. <laughs> yeah. Because bygones are not bygones right now. Yeah, not right so, now. You know, yeah. They're trolling him if they do one. I, I said online that if they do one, they have to have like the record, the record screeching and like, a bunch of missed free throws. But that was just a troll version. That's what, um, saying, that's what I'm saying. I don't believe in the team making fun of them either. No, exactly. Exactly. If I don't believe in the team making fun of them, there's no need to come on. Just we appreciate what he's done. I mean, I, we understood what he did in Philly, but let's just move on. He's there. We're maybe somewhere down the road when things are a little more calm. And bygones are bygones, then maybe we can do something. That's that's how I see it. That's why I, I a million reasons why I love the trade. Uh, but it's the such a difference between Harden and Simmons is that I have no uh hesitation about Harden wanting to go in there and roast his old team and let it rip. Like I, I think he's just gonna go in there and game. Whereas Simmons he's scared to face his old team and, and he's only coming because of a parent a grievance he's about to file with the team. It's it's just such a difference between those two as far as just the mentality of being a dog on the core and just not being the almost the exact opposite of what that is with Simmons. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting that, you know, like, but I don't know everything that's going on with Ben. I don't know if he's – because with the mental health, he's out. I don't know if he's physically not capable. Um, but I do – I, I can from a from a player standpoint, if I was asking for a trade, um, and I, but I wanted to play, I just didn't want to play on the team that I was on. I I would have in my mind that the trade deadline, and then we have the All Star break. That would be my time to get ready to play. I would figure during that time that hey, it's time to go. That's what Arden so, did. 
Yeah, so that would kind of be your target date. So for that not to happen, then you have to figure out or try to guess, like, why? Is he just avoiding this game? Is he truly injured? Is he truly not there mentally? Like, like we don't know. Like, I'm not trying to assume. I'm yeah, just so saying it surprised me that he hasn't played because I don't know the ins and outs of what's truly going on um, with him and his camp. And I was watching first take the other day and Stephen A. Smith and Tim Legler both said that I wouldn't be surprised at midnight on that March 11th. If you see Ben Simmons is ready to go and he'll be able to play on, on over the weekend with the Nets. <laughs> probable, probable for his next game. Yeah. I mean, afterwards. most people kind of, you know, looked in and probably figured, because, you know, if you know Philadelphia, you know, they waiting for you. Um, so the fans are waiting yeah. for you from the minute you step into the city. That's the difference with Philadelphia and some other places. Uh, some other places, it starts inside the arena. And Philadelphia starts when you hit the city. <laughs> yeah, and there, yeah. There was a video that just came out uh, a little a couple hours ago of uh, fans waiting outside the hotel and kind of oh, like yeah. – Without a doubt. Down. Without a doubt. Like, like that – it would surprise me if, if, if that wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. It's – and with Simmons too, it's like players. I mean, you're you're a player. That, that's we're talking about just the fans. When he gets yeah. on the court, you you smell blood, you smell weakness. Like he's he seems weak right now. Are players just going to attack that and just go right at him on the court now? You you know what? I I, I firmly believe that from a Sixers standpoint, they just going to try to win the game. I think what you're speaking about is when, when he plays, I mean, when he plays. Yeah, when he plays, I think that's really going to be more other teams. That's how other teams are kind of going to approach him. I think from our standpoint, yeah, if we get a situation where he, you know, you want to follow him, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, get him and put him on the line and talk a little trash. But I think more than anything, we just want to beat him. Yeah. So, so that's really going to be the, you know, the big part. But I think as time goes on, you'll have more and more teams that's going to test him. So he's he's going to get tested. He's going to get fouled. Um, you know, a team's going to see where he's at because of how things were left as far as him playing in his last game. It's so fascinating because it's not, like we said, you said to begin with, it's, it's not just a basketball situation. I, I don't know what's in his head, but it sounds like from all the leaking and the reports, everything's so public nowadays with social media. It just sounds like there's so much more than just basketball decisions being made. Like he's making a decision to be there because of an ongoing case he has against Philly. So there's much more than just, okay, I need to get on the court. I need to start winning. I need to start playing basketball. There's so much as far as posturing for a position for getting that 20 million back where there's just so many decisions being made that just isn't about, you know. Being that you, being that you say that, um, is this case helped or hurt by him not playing? I think I think he when he we, he first got traded, Marcus and I spoke about it, and I and I said first thing I go when do we play the next, he's not going to play in that game. One because he doesn't want to come back to Philly. Two because when you throw down that mental health card, you can't just turn it off the second you leave. Like all right, ready to play now. Oh, uh, uh, that was a mental health only against Philadelphia. I'm good now. So like he kind of has to follow through with it. You have to like you have to say, okay, I, I'm still not ready. I'm still going through some stuff to make it believable, right? I, and I'm not saying he's lying. I, I, I can't say that because I'm not in his head. But if you are trying to get $20 million back and you're citing real mental health problems, 
then you can't really come back that soon, right? So I, but he does say he's fine now. He said it, what I heard recently was that he hurt his back while ramping up his his basketball activities. So I mean, now it's not the, now it's not mental. Now it's bad. Mental health can be change of environment. Um, you know, that could be something that that's part of his rehab that helps him. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't truly know the, the reason for him being out has not been declared by the Nets. They haven't said Ben Simmons is out because of this. Um, you know, that, that eliminates us trying to assume or guess. Yep. And speculate. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, that, somebody tells me this Ben Simmons saga will continue throughout the next uh, few months, and, and especially and especially we play them in the uh, the playoffs. That's only going to be a, a longer uh, a, a, another chapter to the story. Um, but now we're going to shift a little focus here to the kind of the X's and O's, the stuff on the court. Um, taking a closer look at the matchup um, of all the fl- faces on the floor, what are you looking for offensively and defensively? Um, just big thing that pops out to me is we've been giving up a lot of points since we've gotten Harden, but we've also uh, you know been scoring a lot too. So what will you be keying in on uh, tonight, Eric? Well, I man, I think more than anything, I think the one thing that we we have done um, this season is is leading the league in free throw percentage. So I think if we can get to that line and continue to get to that line, I think when you have Joel and you have James, both of those guys can shoot a high rate of free throws. I think the more that we can get them in situations where they got to follow us or we can convert from the free throw lines and convert easier baskets, that slows down their offense. It kind of takes away some transition baskets. And I think that'll help us defensively. So I think we have to continue to attack, continue to try to get to that free throw line, put them in some foul trouble. Um, you know, obviously they're going to have Kyrie. So that's a, you know, that's a different adjustment than, you know, playing in, um, Brooklyn, but you have to be able to, to slow the game down by controlling, controlling your turnovers, getting to that line. Cause I think we can score on them. I know we can score on them, but I think if you can score in those ways and mix it up and get them in some pressure and get on their heels, um, that'll kind of slow them down offensively as well. Um, you, you got a team that got two dynamic offensive players, um, you, you, you lessen their, their possessions. Um, that'll give you a better chance to win the game. Now, Tasia, what are you looking for? Cause I, I know you and I have talked about a little bit about T- Tobias, um, and where that, yeah. where that, that goes, I man, what are you, what are you kind of uh, looking for as a fan? I think offensively. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't think I, when I'm watching games, and I told you this recently, Marcus, I, I, I don't think I've ever wanted the ball go in so much for a player than Tobias because like, we need him to be that solid 17 and 19 guy. He needs to be that like rain or shine. He needs to be like our Middleton almost like, you know, no matter what, how the game's going, Tobias is getting his buckets and it just feels looking at him. He just doesn't feel that confident in him because he's getting good looks. I mean, he front rims a lot. Um, a lot of his shots look short. I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but I mean, if he could just be 80% of what he was pre Harden. I, I mean, I'd be so uh, – we'd be unstoppable, I think. Because in the five games Harden's played, he's 11 points a game, 38% shooting, 27 from three. That's brutal. I mean, I know his shots are way down. He's not taking as much. He's taken a little more in his last three games. But before that, he was taking like eight and nine shots a game. But, I mean, I get it. You have to get your bearings with a new player, especially one who's so ball-dominant and hardened. But to offset that, you're, you'll get less looks, but your looks will be great, right? I mean, like you're – they're going to be really, really like open shots now. You just got to make them now, right? 
So yeah, I mean, I think the the one thing about it is like like I, I've told people because I've been in this situation, so I know it from experience. Um, it's different when a guy like James comes to your team. Um, you can get wide open shots, but say for instance, you play a whole quarter and you're the number two option. You say for instance, you could get thirty touches in a quarter where you just fill the basketball. Well, now when you become that three and then sometimes four, you can almost cut that in half. You can get, the, you can actually physically touch the ball half time, half of that or 10 times in, in one quarter. So that's different. So now when that ball comes, you catch the ball is not, oh, I got to make this shot. So the, the difference, it's a different game for him now. And I think he has to adjust. So you, you, you're saying even, even when Ben was there, in most cases, Tobias was still option number two. Yeah. From an offensive standpoint. Absolutely. Um, so now when you say you're no longer two and you're three, but you're a distant three. <laughs> yeah, you're barely three because Tyrese is <laughs> like, taking that like three you're from much him. closer to five than you are two. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and that's and that's what makes it tough because. You know, you got a guy like Maxi who's just young and energetic and just run and go play. So he's a go-getter. He's just going to go and go and go. But he's also a guard, so he'll touch the ball and feel the ball a little more. Whereas Tobias is more, whenever he makes a play or he gets a shot, it's usually him having to receive the ball. And, and yep. that's what's different. He, he, he can't get a rebound and take it coast to coast. He can't run the court and, and, and assume he's going to get it. So I think that they can – I really think they have to make an effort to get him going. Like it has to be an effort from the team and the staff to call plays for him, get touches. Um, and I think you got to do it from the beginning of the game. Cause I think as the game goes on and you don't really involve them, then it's hard to kind of throw him in there. I think you got to establish him from the, from the, from, from every game. I think he needs like 13 to 16 shots every game. I think he yeah, needs to get him up they there. Can do it. They can do it. Yeah. And that's what's happening because James and Joel are so gifted offensively, they'll still get theirs and they're still going to draw attention. So, but I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying. When you have those guys, in order to get Tobias going, it has to be an effort for everyone to make it happen. Like you got to, you know, you can say you're forcing it, but in some ways you, you are like you, you're forcing the team to go and play through him at least early because I believe the better he plays, the better we are. Absolutely. As a coach, yeah. as a coach, Eric, what, what would you tell uh, Tobias? Because I mean, he does at times he does look like he's not he's not as confident, you know, out, out there. I mean, what, what would you kind of tell him to kind of get that, you know, get the juices back? Well, I mean, you got to tell him to you know to believe in his work, believe in the work that he's put in, um, and continue to just keep grinding it out. It'll play itself out, but at the same time, you know, stay confident and and you know, opportunities will come and adjustment for everybody. And probably the biggest adjustment for him, um, but you you got you it's sacrifice you got to make and sacrifices he's making is sacrificing his game where now all of a sudden he has to take a step back and find a new niche and find a, a new way to contribute and and to his defense it may it may not always be just putting the ball in the basket you know it may be defensively it may be rebounding so. As long as he can contribute in other ways, it's, it, it definitely helps the team. You know, it's just that, you know, if you have the limited opportunities offensively, 
Um, you know, we can't necessarily expect him to keep scoring 17 if he's only getting eight shots. Yeah, um, yeah. That's why I think that it has to be a concerted effort for the team to force feet, you know, force it to him and make sure that he get calls and he gets plays that are for him. Um, and for him, you know, each game, um, beginning of the game or when Joel's out the game, you know, you just you, you gotta scheme it. So it's like with well, the minutes Joel isn't on the court, we're going through you. Or the beginning of the game, we're going through you. So that's how you have to continue to kind of force feed him to get him going. Um, because at the end of the day, like it's just it's just gonna help him and it's gonna help the team. Um, but I do think that he still has to contribute in other ways outside of scoring. Yeah, yeah, keep him engaged for sure. Yeah. And he has been playing better defensively. He's been playing, I think he's been playing pretty well. Um, and I must say, you and I say it all the time when we're watching games, Marcus. Tobias gets fouled a lot and they don't call. They do not give him love at all in, in, in calls, man. I, I mean, I'm not just a biased Sixer fan because I'm not saying that about every Sixer, but Tobias especially gets mugged a lot. But uh, the, you know. I remember talking to old referees and, and, and the one thing that we used to always say was, why does, um, you know, the better players um, get more calls? And one referee was like, well, because they have the ball more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play the odds, I guess. Like the old saying go, the more opportunities you get, the more fouls you get. <laughs> Plus, I mean, do you think the fact that Harden and Embiid are averaging a zillion free throws a game kind of hurts the other guys get those calls? Yeah, we're getting them to Harden and Embiid. 25 times a game, guys, relax type thing. I, 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 it could, it's possible that, you know, that, that whistle kind of tightens when someone else has the ball. Oh, that's Very terrible. Well. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your original question, defensively, I mean, I think it's interesting playing the Nets because as amazing as they are with Kyrie and and Durant, they're an unfinished product. We're not watching what it's going to be in, you know, in the playoffs, right? So it's not exactly what – but it, you know they live and die by Durant. So and Durant's been roasting us this year. I think he averages uh thirty two eight and ten in the three games against us, man. So he is killing us. So just to see how they slow him down. I mean, Matisse is a great defender. I think he's a little too small for Durant. I think Durant gets those shots up over him like he does against everybody else. You can't stop that. But um, yeah, just to see what we're gonna do defensively against him and just try to slow him down. He's coming off a rough game too, so. He's going to look to try to kill it, man. Because, you know, you know Durant, if you don't give him an edge, he finds someone on the court to few with just to get him up there, right? But this game, he's not going to need help, man. There's going to be so much energy in that building. He's going to want to pop it off for Ben. This is a moment game. It's a lot going on. So I think that um, it's, you know, they, they're not trying to lose to, to us. And we're not trying to lose to them. So, um, you know, the motivation isn't necessarily needed in this game. So I think, yeah, mm. for KD, we got to, you're going to have to do something. I think you're going to have to, Mix it up as far as matchups. You're going to have to show him some double teams and and whichever way you're going to send him, if you want to send him right or left or, you know, when he's, you know, he's if he's dribbling, do you come on the dribble? Do you come on the catch? Um, you know, do, do you come on the pass? Like you got to change it up, show him some different, different things. But I just think you just can't let him be comfortable and stay comfortable. All right. Well, okay. So now we're going to come to our, our final topic of the episode and usually everyone's favorite topics, you know, hearing game predictions. Um, and so Sixers are currently a four and a half point favorite against the Brooklyn Nets. I believe the, the line started out as five points. Now it's down to four and a half, but who do you have and why Eric, we'll start with you on this one. Sixers by 7.5. <laughs> I think we, you know, tight game. Most of the, most of the game will, will pull out. But like I said before, 
the great free throw percentage we have as a team. We'll pull it out, getting fouled late in the games. Close, tight game. We'll make the free throws in the end to give us that 7.5 advantage. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tasia, what do, you, what do you got? Very similar. I'm taking the Sixers. And, uh, yeah, last time I checked, there, I think 70, 75% of the public money was on Philly. So it's interesting to see you go from 5 to 4.5. But – I think it is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to come down to the free throws at the end, either pushing it the bet or pushing it over that. I think we win by five. I think it's right on the spread. Of course, they know everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never wrong. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm also going to be looking forward to um, just watching the game as far as predictions. Um, a lot of the knock on Harden, especially when we right when we traded for him, was oh he crumbles in uh, in, in big high pressure situations. This isn't a playoff game, but it is. I mean, it's it's like big, it. Yeah, it's, it's a big game. regular season game, man. If you're gonna put this on the scale regular season games. Well, while the game is on, it's the only NBA TV game, NBA game on TV. Yeah, the only one. He's against his former team. I mean, yeah. it's it's all there. Everything's there to. So it, it, it's not a playoff game, but it's a high pressure situation. Um, so it would be interesting to see how he does in his first big high-pressure situation in the Sixer jersey as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. I think we do cover the spread. Um, I mean, as, as a betting guy, I play it safe. I'm just going to – I'll take it money line. I'm not, I'm not going to do any numbers here. I'll, I'll do a Sixers <laughs> money line in this one. Um, but, yeah, I think it is going to come down to, uh, you know, who wa- who wants it more as far as, you know, Eric, you kind of said, you know, both got, both teams want this, you know, you know for, for all, all the reasons we've mentioned on the show. But – I think, you know, at home, that's going to have the edge. And I think our crowd is going to, like, as playoff atmosphere, I think the crowd is going to kind of give us that edge, that leanest little over the um, the edge to, to win this game. And a close one, though. Um, yeah, only game on. I didn't, I didn't even realize it was the only game on tonight. Wow. What's the game after it? But it's the only game while it's on, yes. Oh, wow. time slot, yeah. Only yes. two games. Wow, it really is playoff basketball. Only two games on today. Wow. That's going to be interesting. Is is the energy is the energy giving you two thousand and one vibes? Is it giving you like the two thousand one year, the mid season trade from Matumbo, all the expectations? Not quite. Uh, you know what? It, you know what it's really like. It's like um, the Lakers coming to town with Kobe and Shaq. You know, after that, it's like them coming to town or pick any year where we play the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. And with that, back when the Knicks used to have, you know, their fans come to the games and be obnoxious and, and like that would always be a, a, a different environment, but, but it was, you know, you, you always like to send, you know, just a, a team with it that travels pretty well. You always like to send their fans, you know, out with a loss. So I just think that it's, it's that vibe, you know, we didn't, when, when the Kimbe came, it was more of us receiving the Kimbe. It wasn't necessarily any ill blood between no, that's true. That's okay. true. So it wasn't really like it wasn't anything that was like prolonged since this summer. So it was Theo, really Theo wasn't having problems with you guys or anything. You were just injured. That's all. Yes. So it was. But as far as the excitement, the enthusiasm, and the, the amount of attention that people are paying to it, yes, it's 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 right there to to our run. Because along with your your run in this one, it's just a really good team anymore it's like okay championships yes. in your sights like you yes. guys should be competing for the highest spot now yeah you should be getting there yeah so the expectations um are there um 
And, you know, with us, it was more of we didn't have those expectations before the season. We kind of jumped into those expectations during the season. Um, whereas the Sixers, you know, kind of came off expectations and then you didn't know. And now James is there and their their expectations are back. Yeah, skyrocketed with him. Yeah. Um, before we go, Eric, I just kind of, you kind of uh, said something earlier that kind of sparked something. So as far as the, the tribute videos, you know, and like what, what is the threshold who gets a, a tribute video? And you were, for, for me, I see you as a, an icon when it comes to Sixers legends for me. Did you get a tribute video when you came back? No, I got a boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was traded in the summer and, you know, they kind of like, they said my name for the introduction and you could hear a couple scattered cheers, but as soon as the game started, I was the other, I was the opponent. That's, that's how it was been. I mean, I, you know, I get Philly love when I hit the town or come back or go to a game. Um, but when I was in another uniform, I was, I was an opponent. It felt weird. It was very different. You know, it was hard. It was hard. That first game was, it was different. Um, so it, it was, you know, just the play there and, and the people are against you. It's, it's different. How long did it take for those booze to wear off? Like, like a year or two, and then it kind of got lower, a little more water no, down, really a more water down. Game, you know, they just, you know, they just boo, every, but they boo everybody, so it didn't really, you know, it was yeah. just that first time. Like I'm in Philly getting booed. Oh, I mean, you, shocker! They, but they did boo us when I played for Philly too. You know, it didn't take much. I mean, we were getting <laughs> the year we went to the finals, we got booed. We got booed all the time. No <laughs> oh, man. But that we know how much they care. Like Philly playing for the Sixers was like family. It's like they can get on you, but they don't. But they're not gonna let anybody else get on. And that's the thing about the whole Simmons thing. Philly, I I, I defended Simmons for so long, man. I even after the Atlanta series, and, and Marcus can attest to this. I thought something was wrong with him then. I was even saying him. I was like, yo, man, he's going through stuff. Like this isn't normal. This is not just a. He's having a slump. That wasn't just a slump. Something was wrong with him. I could, I could, I could see it, right? So, and I was defending him. I, I, I knew it when, when everybody was talking about Ben Simmons and he had to make a three pointer. I was like, you know, y'all, you all can talk about the threes all you want. I'm telling you right now, Ben's issue is free throws. So I was saying this years ago, and they was like, well, how do you say free? I said because threes will make you drive to the basket. Free throws will make you not want the ball. Yep. And we see how yep. it ends. Yeah. Even that famous play with him throwing it. And I always said, I don't have a problem with him missing shots. I have a problem with him not wanting to take shots. That's my when problem. You a, when you miss a three, you won't play, you won't respond like that. You just drive the ball. You just drive the ball to the basket. Yeah. Make a play. Yeah. You just take a closer shot. But when you don't want to get fouled, you will not shoot. You'll shy away from the basket. You'll shy away from contact. Like it, it makes you play like a to like a totally different person. Yeah, that's why I've always felt the free throws is is where he had to make to make the improvement. And 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 you know for his for his sake, I hope he has because you know it's it's something that if he doesn't is going to hit him for the rest of his career. Before we go, quick question though. Why don't more guys do the Rick Barry? How come more? I know it doesn't. I know it looks whack, but but people don't because kids don't grow up doing it. Like it's 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 almost like shooting right-handed your whole life and then shooting left-handed. 
That's what it's like. Right. So but you, you so would never tell me, but you would never tell somebody to shoot right-handed to start shooting left-handed because they missed. But that's that's that making that adjustment to mentally is, is like the same for them. They just they're not gonna change. Like guys aren't gonna do that. No one like if, if for them to do that, like who's gonna come in and teach them how to do it? Rick Bear is gonna teach everybody. <laughs> Make a lot of money. You know, yeah. just, like, who, who, where are they getting this teaching from? Like, who does it to even show them the proper way to shoot it like that? So most people are like, man, I'm not starting over. I'm not starting over doing that. So analytic based now. Now, if, I, if the coach is telling you like you're shooting 45%, if you just do this, even if you're not that good at it yet, we got you shooting like 65. Like, but mo- but mo- because most of them think it won't be better than where they are because – yeah. The one thing that you got to do with free throws, no matter how you shoot them, is you got to put in the work. So just because you start shooting underhanded, if you don't practice them, you're not going to make them. Yeah, it's true. So, so most people feel if they got to put in the work, just let them stay the way they are. I forgot what Shaq's exact quote was about it, uh, but he pretty much said, I'd rather miss than do a crazy style. <laughs> <laughs> So that's also a mentality too. It's like, no, I'm not resulting to doing that. I'm not gonna. That, that's like using the little, uh, the little borders when you're going bowling. Like, no, I'm not putting those in. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the gutter every time before I put the little borders in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, but bumper bowling is actually kind of fun. <laughs> High scoring. <laughs> it's you like do with your eyes closed. <laughs> score. <laughs> it's like Big Twelve football, but bowling. <laughs> But um, all right. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the Believe in 76ers, the rebrand presented by Bet Online. Um, for all the listeners out there, we're, we're going to try to do two episodes a week uh, to try to recap and preview all of our Sixers games. Um, and so for more, please follow us on Twitter at Believe in 76ers on Twitter. So we'll see you guys next time. Eric, amazing having you on, man. This is, this is awesome. I, I can't wait to continue doing this. Likewise, man. Take it easy. All right, fellas. All right. All right, guys. So bonus content here. Everyone loves same game prop, same game parlays and, and prop bets. Um, so we're gonna do a little bonus part here of uh Tasia's five favorite props of the game tonight. Five. So uh Tasia, what do you got for us? What's uh what, what's your number one? I'm going with so I'm gonna talk about same game parlay props. I'm gonna do like normal props. They, they switch the numbers up a little bit, you know that. Gotcha. So Matisse, so Matisse, okay. So Averaging two steals a game against Brooklyn this season and three-game sample size, pretty good. Only one steal in his last four games. That is his worst stretch of the season. So I feel like he's going to break out of that. I feel good about him swiping two, but if you have a big lotto ticket prop parlay, definitely throw in one. It'll increase your odds, and I think that's a a shoe-in to happen. Um, That's number one. Uh, Number two, I'd say Durant coming off a 14-point game. He's absolutely roasting us this year. He's averaging 32, 8, and 10. Uh, His prop for points, rebounds, and assists last night was 39.5. It already went up to 40.5. I don't know what it is currently, but that was a couple hours ago. I would jump on the over. If you just combine his averages, he's averaging 50 of those a game. So 40.5 points, assists, rebounds, take the over. Um, I also go Kyrie uh, above or over 28 and a half points and assists uh, without Harden. He's averaging 26 and a half and eight. So he's distributing a lot more and he's still keeping up his scoring. So I go over 28 and a half points and assists for Kyrie. Um, I've been doing this. I don't have a lot of stats to back it up, but James Harden against his former team 
Um, in a same game prop parlay, I would go 30 uh, points and assists. Uh, he's hit that with flying colors almost every single time. He's been with us in the five games. Um, I would just go back to that again if you want to have another big lotto ticket one. Uh, and then the other one, it's probably the weakest one of the bunch. I like Drummond uh, over nine and a half rebounds. You can do eight if you're doing a same game parlay option, but if you want to just do a one-off, nine and a half. Um, he's had some clunkers with the Nets, but if they want to try to rebound, AR rebounding has been atrocious. So he's got that going for him. So if he plays against our second unit with DeAndre Jordan, he should eat with rebounds. He's going to have to play a lot. I mean, they have no one else that can guard Embiid. Aldridge will get roasted by Embiid. Claxton's too small. It's Drummond or Buss. That's why they wanted him in the trade anyway, so they could play against Embiid. So I think he'll get a lot of minutes. The only t- thing that would ruin this is if he gets in foul trouble. With We've seen that before in the past when Embiid rocks him out. So uh, nine and a half rebounds or eight if you want to do a same-game parlay. Awesome. I, I love all those. Um, I like just Drummond in general. Uh, against, I like usually any center against our team. Rebound just ha- has been one of those things for us all year. It's been a beast that we can't really get over. Um, and yeah, all of them, all of them, I, I like. I might have to do a, a five game parlay with that, a game or a same game parlay with that. So uh, excited for that! Um, it was a good first episode, and uh, we'll be seeing awesome. you. Yeah, and we'll be seeing you guys next week. Um, we're gonna try, like I said, we're gonna try to do two two episodes a week. Um, and yeah, we're gonna try to get you five uh, five props to uh, to pick from every game. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.